Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League Rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. It's round two in the books. We are back for another episode, Brock. And what do you reckon about round two? Um, it was a punter's nightmare, tipper's nightmare, but it was exciting. Uh, a lot of underdogs getting up, uh, a lot of close games. It was a it was a good round of footy, I thought. Oh, I probably have to agree with you as far as the uh, punter's nightmare is concerned. I think I got three. Uh, you got three. Gossip got four. So it wasn't exactly a great round. Yeah. Uh, if you're a bookie, you're probably. Loving it right now. All the favourites are going down. I'm sure they're raking in the money. Well, there was a few toss of the coins, I guess. Like, the Panthers could have easily won. South could have easily won. The Cowboys could have easily won. So we, we could easily be sitting here saying, oh, it was, a, it was an easy round to pick. So, mm. uh, yeah. Oh, well, jumping into it. Fast five, as always. Uh, highlight, low light, best player of the round, worst player or team of the round. Uh, and a question we want to pose for this week. We're going to start off with the highlight, and mine was uh, the Storm and Panthers game. I thought it was an absolute cracker. It was. It was. It was a uh, very, very competitive game. A lot of people wrote the Panthers off. They thought they'd get uh, touched up going down to Melbourne, especially considering it was uh, Billy Slater's 250th. Uh, it was also Cameron Smith breaking the record. He re-signed. There were a lot of things pointing towards the Storm, but I thought Penrith were really good in that game. Um, but... I've uh, I've gone against you. I've gone the Friday night games. I thought I didn't want to go the same as you, obviously. But um, the Friday night games were both went right down to the the wire. Um, it was a good good night, even though I was on South and well, the Cowboys. To be, to be honest, I found the first game really frustrating. I liked the Brisbane Cowboys game, but I didn't like the other game. No, why not? No, it was rubbish. just a lot of errors. Yeah, I, um, I suppose I thought South would win by a lot more. South mainly were very gritty. South went away from everything that they should have done, though. Mm. They didn't. Oh, get, they did. They didn't get to the guts. They played way too much side to side footy. There was too much short passing, and there was just a ridiculous amount of errors. So, mm. oh, I think we both agree. The and the, the s- game of the round was the Storm Panthers oh, yeah. game. It was the, a cracker. The smart thing I've heard all around, and I couldn't think of a way to word it. Matt Johns couldn't have said any better to me. Until Souths get somebody in who can play a little bit of ad-lib football, not be so robotic like they are, they're not going to win the comp. And I think that Luke Keery is going to be very important come back around round 10 because he has uh, a lot of those ad-lib tendencies. I think that's why they wanted to force him into their halves this year, to have somebody more like what Manly do in Cherry Evans or a player like that. Because I think at the moment there's way too many robots. It's too structured. Makes sense. Yeah, so, it makes sense. Uh, so I think Isaac Luke's really the only one there. It's a little bit ad lib. Yeah, and he's, he's stuck, not really he's stuck in nine. You can't a massive do, influence. You yeah. can't have a massive impact from nine if the forwards aren't going forward. But uh, low light of the round. I know a lot of people have got the same one. It's probably Yao Yao Yi's retirement. But uh, on top of that, I was going to pair it with just the Warriors and uh, Parramatta. How awful they were this second week. Mm, I've gone the video ref. I'm over uh, the video ref. It's horrible. It's, Every decision is going to the video referee, even ones that are just blatantly clear, um, either no tries or tries. 
Uh, there was some suggestions in the media over the weekend that uh, the NRL's made a deal with KFC to have them yeah, flash, uh, it up. flash it up Keep a certain number of amount of games. Uh, sorry, a certain amount of times during a game, and it looks as though that's true. Well, you know, the amount yeah. of to see Adam Defsic is going to the video ref when to check. I don't know everything. Just to he, check that it I touched think, the grass. I just think to he's blown one try in two weeks. He's been absolutely terrible, and he kills me because he's with Paranara. He's actually a half decent referee. I think he needs to be more uh, in control. Mm. Yeah, the video refs for me. That was a low light, and it's it's. I hope it gets cleared up because it's frustrating me. Yeah, well, best player of the round. I was struggling to split James Tedesco and Anthony Milford, but I had to go Tedesco. Tedesco was just. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I thought he was their best player last week. Uh, I thought he was outstanding again this week. Uh, he turns on a dime. He's got his speed back. He beats players. He's got an awkward running style, and he just breaks tackles. He's an absolute menace. Yeah, and he's, uh, he said this afternoon that his he's, future is in doubt. He's, so he's, he's due for a pay day. He's thinking about changing clubs, and if I guess if the Tigers aren't going to come up with the uh, coin, oh, he's well. got every right to look elsewhere, especially considering... He's had. He knows after one ACL that he needs to do what most of them do, which is make sure you uh, take advantage of that short window. And the form he's in, he's going to get paid rightfully. So I'd agree with your two, um, but I had Gareth Widdop. I think he's been the buy of the year so far uh, for the Dragons. He's got him uh, on top of the table. I know it's only after two rounds, and I know you could probably question the two teams that the Dragons have played, but uh, that was a very impressive performance over there in Auckland and. Uh, especially considering the Warriors got beaten by Parra. They were looking for the bounce back, but uh, the Dragons took care of business and they were led by Gareth Widdop. So, uh, you know, it's, we're all questioning whether he could step out of the shadow of the big three. He's doing it at the moment. Um, it just remains to be seen whether he can do it for consistently for the season. Yeah, well, worst of the round, uh, most people would say Parra, but that's the easy way. I just went the Warriors. It's absolutely disgusting how they played. Uh, they showed no commitment. Matty would even question that as well. So it, it's got. To, I've got to bring it down to one thing though. Whether is it is he overcomplicating things? Do they still have a problem with him? Um, are the players just not trying? Like there's there's got to be something going on. Mm. That roster is underachieving massively for what's there. Uh, I think the only one or the only two that seem to be trying. I think Chad Townsend's trying his backside off, and I think Ben Madalino's just on his own. Ben mm. Madalino's probably been their best player the first two weeks, and he's had absolutely no help. I think Fletty Mateo's too heavy. He doesn't run the ball. He made a break the other day. He looked like he was on a treadmill. Uh, I think that Cement, Lilliman's trying hard as well. But, you know, there's only so much two front rowers and a, a six can do when everyone else is just playing awful. Yeah. And why the hell? I know he might have a problem with Con Hatterell, but Jerome Ropardi was a great player. Influence on the word was. Yeah. He's had a lot of ACLs. He scored a try on the weekend, but he just looks awful. He looks like a 40-year-old man playing park football. For him. Like, there's just some really strange decisions, and I think it's time to part ways. And yeah. it's not for Sean Wayne. That's the other thing I'm hearing to get a Wigan coach. I don't have any idea what this obsession... I see obsession, you Elliot Gonskis. I want him Gonskis, but I don't understand this obsession they've got with English coaches. Look at that with Brian McLennan. And now they're talking about Sean Wayne from Wigan. Wigan and the NRL and the Super League are very different. Well, there's suggestions that Sam Tonkins is I think Tim Sheens. I know that Sean Wayne was going to go there. Well, that's so. ridiculous. Uh, that's done by them. And I think we've spoken about this before. If you want to talk about a coach that knows that style of football, I think... Tim Shane's are probably the best bloke to coach New Zealand Warriors if you want to talk about an option to bring in. Yeah, I don't know who. I think Stacey Jones is there. He'd be a good fit for me. He's only um, just still in the 20s, though. They, they, I know they've, they've that, taken a lot of players off him and put them up to cup because they want to do what all the other clubs are doing and promote their boys and give them some newbies. But I wouldn't be able to throw somebody that job so quickly. If they were going to do that, 
I'd be after Ackland, depending on his situation, or Iro, who they originally wanted. Yeah, well, maybe pair Iro and, and Jones together. I think they could. They understand the culture there. They understand how to get the best out of the players. But if you're going to get an Aussie or a former NRL coach, I think right now the best available would be Tim Sheens, even though he's on board with the Australian job. I think he suits uh, the way they play. He likes to play a bit of loose football. It's a big forward pack, and I think he could get the best out of Sean Johnson. Uh, my worst was the Gold Coast Titans. They were dreadful. That's uh, I've been supporting them since their inception back into the comp, and that's the worst performance I've ever you seen. You should be saying the same thing about Cartwright, I think. I think it's about time worst, they start to think about... Worst performance I've ever seen from the Gold Coast. So, and there's I'm hearing some stuff off the field that's going on there. Um, well, they reckon gonna, they're shopping Taylor around already. I'm not going to speculate. Well, I've heard something else that's going on up there um, that I'm not going to go into mm. uh, on this format, but... They were they were awful, and they just look like they've got a lot of players there that are trying hard. They're trying hard. You can't fault their effort, but the difference between effort and, and having an impact on the game is totally different. Uh, to get touched up by the Tigers like they did at home um, in conditions that you would have thought would have suited the Titans, considering well, they trained up there in that sort of weather all off-season. I've, I've got to say one thing. It did bring out one glaring thing, regardless of whether you think the Tigers are bad or not, and that's their age. They were out enthused by a bunch of kids, really. You'd think yeah. that the old fellas would usually put the beat down and teach a lesson to the young blokes, but it was a complete opposite. They ran roost everywhere. Martin yeah, Tapao and the Gavay the and Woods killed the middle. I thought the edges got blown apart by Nofaluma. Tedesco shredded him in the back. Brooks scored a try set throughout. Like, in every single area in the Titans, besides the halves, they're all, everyone's near 30 or over. Well, look at the best The best players on the Titans roster are the ones that are, that are fast. The Titans four-pack has no leg speed at all. No, you've got none. Greg Bird's the only no. one who's got some mobility, and he might be out now. He's hurt his shoulder. Yeah. We're not sure about that, but Harrison's got none. Nate Miles. Oh, it's okay to have... I could I can understand them maybe having Harrison, Harrison Miles, but you need a point of difference. So yeah, I think the sooner one. we can get Ryan James back... Um, they need more than Ryan James right now. And they're shopping Taylor around. I don't know how that works. I don't, I've, I've got to be honest. Luke Bailey, he's been a stalwart in the game. He's Matt done. White, stalwart of the game. You know they've played a lot of years in the NRL, but they're just they're not having an impact. Yeah, we well, need this Ben Ridge or anyone else they're bringing in though. They've got no squad depth, and their no. top seventeen is just old. Well, I'm going to throw it out there now. If that, based on that performance, they could be wooden spooners. It could be that was a wooden spoon from the week before to that. I feel sorry for Kelly and Caesar because I think well, it just shows you how bad the Sharks are going. Right? I mean, yeah. they only just. Titans only just beat them. But look at them though. They, they didn't have their internationals. I know Fafita played that game in Gallon. Gallon went down, but. Carney and Gallant out virtually for that whole game. Mm. Give them back to the Sharks. I think they beat you last week. Carney was the bit that was missing to get well, the job yeah, done. Obviously, they do. Hundred percent. Um, Everyone watching the game could have could have worked that out. Cartwright though, he's been there forever. I think it's three seasons now without finals. He surely has to be gone if they don't make the finals this year. They haven't. They have, we haven't made the finals since twenty ten. So, so there's got to be pressure. Wooden Spoon in twenty eleven, and then we haven't made the finals. 2012, 2013. And well, if there's not pressure there, when is there going to be pressure? It's too comfortable. That's the other thing I'm getting up there. The vibe's just Gold Coast, Cardi, same kind of players. Everyone gets it. It's like jobs for the boys, really. Mm. They keep the same players. It doesn't matter how old you get or how bad you play. It's just been the same thing for the last five years. That's what it looks like. Yeah. It's, it's a friends club. I mean, if he doesn't he doesn't make the uh, finals this year, he's going to be under some pressure. Mm. Well, on to the question of the round. What question do you want to pose this round? Um, should the 4 o'clock game on Channel 9 be shown live? I think because it move, uh, I hate it. it's now get, getting to the point where Channel 9 have realised that, you well, know what, we can't pull the wool over everyone's eyes because you, pretty much 90% of people are on social media and well, yeah, well, you, know, you know the score. I hate watching that game. You know it's, that I know, like every week when I say to you, 
when we're recording it, I'll, I want to start watching it even though the ads are there because I'm going to get a text message and I always do. Yeah. Or something pops up. You can't avoid it. And it gives me the shits as well because it might be a decent game or it may, even if it's not, I still want to watch it. And uh, Matty Johns again said it last night. There's nothing worse than trying to watch a game when you know the score. It's no, I won't. I won't. Well, you know me. I walked away on the weekend. Yeah, I, got a, I got a uh, text well, message. Got a text message saying how bad the Titans were, so I thought, well, it's not going to get any better. So I got mm. up and left, and that was it. Just after half time, and um, after I'd had a few beers, I went and watched the rest of it that night. Didn't make yeah. it uh, any better, but um, it, it just seems like common sense to me. They can fit the ads in yeah, in a pre-game show or a post-game show. They're going to still going to get a good lead into the the news. I'd imagine they'll get a bigger uh, viewing, which would give them a bigger lead into their live Sunday games. News. Live footy is the best. Especially if they've got a... Everyone loves a post-game show. I love a post-game show. If, you, if you've got Johns, Fittler, Gus, Sterling, you know, it's, it's just good to see them sitting oh, there talking about it. I know it was part of the TV deal. We answered this a million times last year. Why did it ever get to the point that it's a delayed game on Sunday? Why has that always been the case? Well, to pump the ads into it. They get, a pl- they know, get an absolute plethora of ads It's ridiculous. It. They get enough ads in on the game going from the video ref and every break they stick well, you to an ad or every time there's a trial. AFL's, AFL's structured their game. They time out. That's like a red have light. A light where the, the you know when the ad is finished, the players are like the puppets. Ball, so. They tell them it's game on again. Yeah, but I, I think the players understand the need for the, the fact that they're getting paid well is yeah, well, because they do of the advertising. So if the players can just accept that, you know what, maybe th- there's a minute between when uh, when you kick the goal and when the the game starts again. Well, they did it for a rugby happens. union when I watched the international game in Canberra. That was a couple of years ago. Australia played Fiji, but they lighted it off when they kicked for touch mm. and they walked 40 metres through the mall. But I watched the Foxtel guy pretty much say stop. Yeah, And they all right. started dawdling and they stood at the line out for about a minute and I was sitting there, I had, you know, getting cranky because I didn't know what was going on. Then I seen the Foxtel guy wave his finger and the ref was like, game on. And all yeah. of a sudden they acted like nothing happened and they just got there, so... Uh, it just yes, yeah, common sense in it. It needs to happen. But my question around, uh, obviously, probably not as relevant now because they've handed down a suspension. Lussick's looking at six weeks. He's going to get four if he takes the early guilty plea, which they reckon he will. But should he have been sent off? Yes, that had to be a sent off offence, and he backed it up with another one. Straight I couldn't believe the second one wasn't penalised. I, I couldn't believe he wasn't at least sin bin. This, this is the one, and I said to you, we saw, we disagreed on the Billy Slater sin binning. We'll probably get into that in the well, review of the That's the other game, one I was kind of get at. Like, five minutes needs to come back. We've five, had this chat before. Five minutes. Because I didn't just, think... I just don't get the fact that, that Darcy Lussick can come flying out of line, take a hard, hard his head off. Billy Slater's 40 out, holds on, gets out of the way, while yeah, it's kind no, of humps him back. Not even that. I'm just saying that the Roosters don't get any benefit out of the suspension to... Um, Lussick. No. Whereas Penrith get an advantage out of you know the infringement by Slater, which it should be for every infringement on the field. Yeah, but like I said, I mean, for, well, for who Slater's are, who as well. Are, uh, who are the Eels are playing manly this week? Yeah. Lussick won't obviously be playing. No, he hasn't had the impact that they'd wanted to have wanted him to have on them on but the that, side anyway. But it still I mean, hurts it's still, It does exactly. because Parramatta don't have a great amount of depth. So regardless of who they lose, it still hurts them. Yeah. It hurts them more than most clubs, but. Uh, I think that's something, like we said, for the severity of Slater going for 10 minutes, I don't think it warranted 10. I don't think they were going to guarantee and score a try. The five minutes should be brought back. It was Yeah, it was interesting to hear Trent Robinson say that he thought he deserved to be sent off. Um, and he just sort of said that, you know, we need to protect our players better. And I thought that was really afterwards. He also said that he thought that Jared Rhea Hargreaves won last year was a send-off. Yeah. So he's... Yeah, but that's kind of my other thing too. Not trying to stick up for Jared because I do love the bloke. But if that was Jared Rehargos, he probably does get put in the bin. Mm. Luxy's got a similar reputation. That's so a fair, I, I don't fair know point. He stayed on. Reputation does. Jared, seem to Jared carry. got hacked last year for that shot on George Rose. 
Mm. He was gone straight away. Like they, they put the whip to him. Well, yeah, reputation does seem to carry some weight in terms but of Lust, suspensions. Lustig's got a bad one, so I don't know how he didn't get sent off. But uh, there's some of the questions we've posed this week. I'm sure there's plenty out there. Uh, we'll probably get something up on the page later on and see uh, any questions that you've got coming out. But that's the Fast Five. We'll jump in now and uh, review the games from the weekend. For all the latest rugby league gear, heading to Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. For fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and Legends. All right, jumping in the reviews of the games from the weekend. Kicking off Friday night uh, was the heavyweight clash between Manly and South Sydney. Manly, uh, heavy outsiders, got away with it 14-12 to 12 in what I thought was a pretty sloppy game. There was 33 errors. It was pretty tight the whole way. But the moment that changed the game was when Burgess gave a bit of lip to Horro. And, uh, you know, the Eagles, they love a bit of that. They fired up. South didn't really go with them after that. And they uh, jagged a late try. Bureau showed up Walker. Yeah. Gave the ball to Cherry Evans and see you later. Well, you just, the whole game, you're waiting for South to win, weren't you? Really? Pretty yeah, much. It just seemed like yeah, South will get him, South will get him. And Manly were just so tough, so resilient. And that's why they're in the top four every year. I I could uh, give Justin Hoyle a rap, actually, to not respond to the drives from Sam Burgess. I well, thought. Just quietly. What about Jason King's response? That no, no, well, that was fine. That if was that fine. wasn't the like shoulder that. charge, I'm not here. That hit. It was a ripper, but that was yeah. a shoulder charge. That's inconsistent. Yeah, I. I just like the fact that Horro didn't respond. Uh, he just put his head down. He, he got whacked, and then one of his teammates has stepped up um, because you know you're in no position to talk once you've been shotted like Horro was. But I really, really like what Jason King did, and it seemed to uh, spark the Eagles. And you know, Kieran Foran said it on the Sunday Footy Show that he, he thinks that won them the game. So mm. I think that's something that Sam Burgess has. He's got a little bit of that in him. You know, it's, he put off. Put on a good shot. That's fine. Yeah, but, but don't don't give them reason to fire up. Their team you know? are exactly what they said. Souths aren't built that way. They don't get in those kind of wars. Manly, on the other hand, Manly thrive in that yeah. kind of stuff. You look at the players they've got. Didn't seem like the smartest thing to be doing. Let's put it that way. And they were talking about probably the other smart thing I heard. They said Brent Lawrence when they spoke to him. He's only been there for a year and a half, but he was talking about it like he'd been there for ten years. Like they didn't like that, or they weren't going to cop that. Like players that have been at Manly even for a short period of time, buy into that siege mentality. You I know? understand the they culture. They feel like yeah. the world's against them and they don't take it from anybody. So, yeah. Well, plain and simple, I thought South should have won the game. Um, they were clearly they were well below what they were when they, they dusted the Roosters. Um, Manly, you know, they, they still look pretty scratchy. They gave South plenty of opportunities, but uh, they were just gritty enough and tough enough to win that game. A little bit of brilliance at the end from Jamie Bureau, who is clearly a, a very underrated player. Uh, for me, South just went lateral. Um, yeah, they went away from what worked last week. They exactly. weren't getting quick play of the balls. They weren't bashing up the middle of the field. And uh, as usual, or when you highlight who you thought played well, I thought the halves let him down. Sutton's kind of struggling with this 13 role at the moment without uh, Kiri there because he's ball playing and he's having to do the defensive load. So they're using two subs on him every week, which is kind of hurting them. Mm. Uh, Walker's not healthy. I like Walker, but they're going, oh, he played bad. He's got a busted ankle. So yeah. don't play him. Put Sutton back at six full time and bring another forward. He didn't use Kyle Turner, who was a debutante, so he left him a sub short, and they were playing with a busted man on the field. So Michael Maguire just rest Dylan Walker, put Sutton back, and bring Turner or Nathaniel Neal, bring another forward in. Just do the right thing. Yeah, you don't need to be trying to play with fifteen players round two. That's stupid. 
Exactly. But uh, I would agree with that. I thought simple. Sam and George has always laid the platform. GI uh, played well, although it was contained. They did smart. They've got that game plan where they bomb him, so he starts flat-footed, and he still fends people off, but he can't run. Yeah. Uh, they swarmed him, but those three were the only ones that really stood out for me. I thought Luke and the halves were very quiet. Uh, they don't have a great back line, as we know, and they missed McQueen, I thought. McQueen helped out massively last week. Yeah, well, you, you said he was uh, man of the match. He was before. brilliant. He was good. He's dynamic. Definitely. And uh, for Manly, what, do you, what else can you say? I thought uh, Cherry Evans wasn't the man of the match in my eyes. was a lot balanced. He never gets enough appreciation. He was brilliant. Bure yeah. was great off the bench. Uh, Hiku, although not the great ball player, I thought he was outstanding at the back. And the bench was the difference as well. I thought their bench did a much better job for them. Like when Sonny Flayo come on at the end there, he had eight carries in a very short period of time, made some good metres and, and Louis and, and that kind of thing. So I thought that was one of the other differences. Their bench gave them an impact. Well, I think also Jeff Toovey shows faith and, and the yeah. history of coaches at Manly that show faith in these bench players who are, you know, Mr. Fixits or mm. people that have been pushed out of other clubs and they just seem to get more out of those players and, than others, probably yeah, well, apart from them, Melbourne. Them and Melbourne are probably yeah. the two that do it, but... Um, Leaving that one behind, Manly, they probably get a gimme this week. Sorry to say, Para fans, they're at home. Brookvale, Parramatta. You think uh, so? You think they're going to chalk one up. Souths play the Tigers, which is an away game, but it's ANZ, so it's a home game for them. You'd like to think, again, that they should probably give it to the Tigers, but they look great last week, so I'm really hoping the Tigers put in a fight here. No, I don't think they will. I don't think they will either, but I hope they do. But... Bounce back factor for Souths, I think. Um, the Tigers mm. had... They play the Titans. That's absolutely no form one, I don't think. Mm. Well, the other Friday game was uh, Big Brother versus Little Brother, and Big Brother got back on top. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos, two from two, 16-12 over the Cowboys, who uh, disappointed me, to be honest. I thought it was a great game, but I thought they were awful. They Just the same old typical Cowboys. They give you a little bit of hope, and they just drop you next week like a bad habit. Yeah, they, it was a very similar game to the Bulldogs-Broncos game from the week before, in the fact that Brisbane, again, they struggled to, to get points on, and... Uh, they just defended, 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 Grand defended. Out, didn't they? They did, and very similar performances to uh, to that of Manly. They were really, really similar games. I thought um, Cowboys looked like they were going to come and get them late. Uh, Thurston was tackled and an inch short, and, and they hung on. And uh, the Cowboys, yeah, I, I would have thought they, uh, they they would have posted more points than that. And, you know, and that, especially on a dry track, Suncorp Stadium. It's the Derby. They were disappointing. Well, I can say one thing, and it was more the commentators pointed out, and I think everyone probably thought at the time, they were beaten by Jonathan Thurston, played by Ben Hunt. Yeah. He aimed up on Thurston, put thigh on him, got a quick ball, backed up the next play, got on that short side, gave an ice ball to Copley, who summed up the situation nicely where they had a number, got it back inside to the man I thought was the man of match again in Andrew McCulloch, who racked up 50 tackles and deserved that try, and... Uh, they're doing the right thing at the moment. They don't have halves, but they've got Alex Corva up there. They're fit. They're playing that first 60 minutes, and then they seem to just be getting the job done in that last 20 when teams start to wear. So yep. uh, it's not a bad blueprint, I suppose, early in the year, but they're definitely going to have to improve in the halves, uh, yes. and especially in the kicking game going forward because yep. you're not going to win a comp trying to grind every team out in that final 20-minute period. And a pressure game for the Cowboys this week because they, they're going to play the Warriors, and the oh, Warriors are 0-2. And, and, and vice versa for the Broncos. It's a real test this week. They get the Sydney Roosters up there who were reignited after all the... Uh, you know, the criticism they copped after round one, they definitely awoke the beast last week and they handed out an absolute beatdown to the Parramatta Eels. So should be an interesting fixture. It is up at Suncorp and the Cowboys at home, so see how that one goes. But uh, the Cowboys, did anyone stand out for you? I thought Sims and Tamalolo were pretty good again. But yeah, other than that, obviously was pretty good. 
I thought they wore him down pretty well. And on the Broncos side of things, it was pretty typical. I thought the back row on McCulloch. Well, well McCulloch, McCulloch's been their best player for the last two weeks. Mm. Well, he's oh, yeah. really starting to put his name back up like he should be uh, with Friend as the, the two guys yeah, fighting. I see more settled and happier. So, mm. Well, I think Griffin's got no one else he can really put in this year, and I think he's woken up and realised. Well, let's hope so, because he's, yeah... He... Absolute waste if he's not playing nine uh, yeah. for you know the majority of the time. Ridiculous. But uh, Saturday kicked off over at Eden Park, and the New Zealand Warriors just keep on disappointing us, don't they? They, they lost uh, thirty-one to twelve. Dragons two wins in a row. Who could believe it? Them and the Broncos had all the pressure, but New Zealand were just awful. They had a twelve-six lead at halftime, and even in the first half, I thought they were the worst team uh, out of the two. And they come out the second half and they just stopped and they conceded four tries. They got absolutely torn apart. Thought Widop was pretty instrumental. Uh, Rain doesn't get much credit. And the, the quick play the ball rules, everyone was saying they're lacking a front row, but I think it suits them because they've got a mobile foot pack. Yeah, it does. So, oh, it's it's going to be when they play the better sides and they, they'll slow them down and get numbers in. Uh, I thought the Warriors were really coming to get them um, up until the point where Brett Morris picked up that ball that Glenn Fisher, he almost jumped on and scored. And went the length, and that was a game. But well, I thought up until then, I thought the Dragons were sort of, sort of scratching around a little. It the Warriors were scratching. 12. It was a really tough game to watch up until that point. And, but I uh, think um, Brett Morris. Yeah, well, that, that was uh, you know probably the play of the year. That's so the far. one that broke the Campbell's back. But I think second half gave you an intention of where it was going. They let two tries in in the space of three minutes. Yeah, they let Quinlan get a nice quick one there, and then he set one up after off a kickoff widop. So. They really just come back out of sleep. They cop twelve points early and fell behind, and they were chasing it for the rest of the game. Yeah, they're not a they're not a good side chasing points. You know what's beautiful for me though, and I, it's kind of bringing back a little bit of what Bennett did with them. It, not so much the forward pack, but they've got that mobile forward pack. They're using it, but they've got that left hand shift going again. Mm. They seem to break out there. It's a good brand of football. Well, they've got a half to do it. Yeah, I know everyone's they've, been they've also, price, but they haven't had a half. No, but they've also reinvigorated the back line. I know a lot of people probably don't like Farrell or Beal and those guys, but they're all young. Mm. Beal was a Kiwi international, you've got to remember. You've got Morris and Nightingale on the wings, you're internationals. They've got Dugan to come back. Yeah. And Farrell was a highly touted debutante the other year at the age of 18 who scored a hat-trick, so... It's a youthful side. They cleaned out all the old stuff, and it's uh, looking pretty good at the moment. So. Yeah, two games in. I'm not, uh, you know... No, nah, and I'll tell you what... Got to put them in the eight yet, but they're, they're in a, uh, they're they're in a good a, position. A really good spot this week. They've got the Sharks. Even though it's away, they're still missing Gallon for feeder uh, and uh, Lewis. So even with uh, if Carney's back, I think they dust the Sharks here, and they go three for three, which is, would be a really good start to the Especially year. Especially in the derby at, at, uh, away from home as well. That would be uh, real big for them. Mm. And New is Zealand... Is the pressure off price now, you reckon? No, I think after this week, maybe, and like I said, depending going forward, three from three would be a as bloody soon as good start. Lose bloody two games in a row, the pressure will be back on him. Uh, I think if he gets three from three and a couple more going forward, people will stop talking about him and Griffin. Griffin's got an excuse this week if they get beaten, though, I think. Mm. But uh, Price doesn't. They're in a situation here where they should chalk up their third. Uh, the Warriors, they play the Cowboys away. Like I said, God knows what we're going to get here, but the pressure is really really starting to heap on them. Madalino and Lilliman were pretty good for the Warriors. There wasn't too many others to speak about. And St. George, both the wingers, the halves, Merrin was massive, Rain was massive. They're, they're starting to really form into a great team. Yep, they are. But uh, the other Saturday fixture, this is probably the game around for me. It was down at Melbourne and Amy Park, the milestone games of Billy Slater and Cameron Smith, and it finished in a blockbuster at 18-7. And this new five-minute rule at the end there where they stop the clock is brilliant. It stops, exactly. It's, uh, there was plays in there that you wouldn't have seen because the clock would have ran out. 
Oh, just just the field goals. They gave him field goals were good. They kicked kick one. They Smith. kicked one. He, he kicked, kicked that one. They got the field goal. Then they had the penalty shot. There was five turning points in the last five minutes, thanks to yeah, the clock exactly. stopping, which is exactly. awesome. I almost had a cardiac arrest because I go from Melbourne, but at the end I was blown away. And if I was down in Melbourne, like people talk about what makes you want to go back to the game, that last five minutes was enough reason for me to want to go watch some footy. I had a good crowd down there too. Mm. It was a pretty good crowd. Um, yeah, well, Penrith. I take more from, away from this as a. Um, from a Penrith point of view, I mean Melbourne, they they never shock me. They're, they're brilliant. They've got those three key players. Even though I think Billy Slater's probably a little bit below his best at the moment, yeah, well, so is Cronk. That they're was both the other I'm, I'm not going to knock Penrith. I thought they were brilliant, but I still think Melbourne have definitely got, got improvement. improvement. Yeah, they're, they're um, not up to 100. I don't think Penrith were that great either. I thought first half, Penrith. I thought Penrith had Melbourne. They had all the ball. They they probably should have posted a little bit, uh, a few more points than what they did. But every time that Melbourne got down there in, they let them score and let the pressure off Melbourne. I well, thought I tell you what, if, if Penrith would have posted a try or two and turned Melbourne away, it would have changed the game a little bit. I just felt as though Melbourne, Melbourne were really confident with the ball. They were really slick, and they just thought, well, it's only a matter of time before we get a set down there, and when we do, we're going to score. Well, the difference, and we've said it a million times, when you've had players in those key positions for such a long time, it doesn't matter if they run the same thing, and Kieran Foran said it, they all run the same play, but Melbourne run it better than anyone else. Yeah, but they there's variations to the same shape. Yeah, so. but they run it better than anyone else and more consistently, definitely. so they definitely get the, the benefit. But the thing that killed me... Uh, on the Melbourne side of things, three tries to one. They didn't kick a goal. They let Penrith back in after two tries purely because Wallace slotted a couple. And I've said it for a while now. Smith has missed some goals in, in club games. I suppose not a big thing, but a couple of those grand finals. Well, it is a big thing. He puts he puts pressure on, as far as I'm concerned, because he just seems to in some of the better. I don't think he's phased by it, but he's just not a great goal kicker. No, he's not. He doesn't seem to care really. He's got more that Preston or Darren Lockyer kind of feel when he goes to kick. He puts it on the tee and he just kind of hits it. Yeah. He doesn't really have a. I'm not saying his technique's bad or anything to awkward, but there's no real, you know, determination or will like I want to kick the goals. No. It's just like he's the only one down there who can. So, well, who impressed you? I, I thought uh, for Penrith, I thought Lewis Brown was great. I thought Mansell was a weapon. Mansell again. was good. Mansell yeah. was brilliant. Segiara uh, was good when he got on the field. Peter Wallace. Peter Wallace is massive. He got two try assists. Playing well. He kicked well. Uh, he's in control. He looks very happy. He looks like the Peter Wallace that played for New South Wales. Not making any. Assumptions, but if he's happy and playing this way, that, that was the bloke that played rep football. But uh, half time, 14 10, thought, like I said, Smith kicks a couple more goals to go on that penny goal. They probably don't struggle as much in the, the second half, but full credit to Penrith. They both got it back to even, 16 all. The sin bin is typical Melbourne, though. They're under the pump. Uh, they held on, as they always do, and I think that's the difference right now and for Penrith going forward. When you've got those three guys there, you've got uh, the finishing touch to a game. I think Penrith are going to get that. The more they keep building this side up, they will find players and, and ways to be able to finish games off like Melbourne do. Penrith took the two when uh, when Slater was Sinbin. I thought that was the an error. I thought they should have kicked the touch and gone for the try. Um, and then Melbourne had a few sets down on their line. So, mm. Well, the two impressive ones probably for Melbourne for me were Bromwich and Hoffman. Yeah. Hoffman was massive. Uh, and I thought Bromwich, and they've said it this week, he just trust Sharks trying to buy him. I don't think he's too interested, but uh, he's a hell of a player and a massive unsung hero for them. Panthers, Wallace, Mansour, Taylor. Uh, Idris isn't one too bad either, I think, for his first game, but he'll get better as he gets fitter and gels in a bit better. But uh, they play the Dogs this week at home. I think that's a, somewhat of a test, mainly in the forward pack, but I think if they get this job done, that'll be another big tick in the box for them and Melbourne are home on Monday night against Newcastle so hopefully they'll be chalking up number three they should do 
But uh, should, we'll uh, they should both win next week. Yeah, it's a good turnaround for Melbourne too. Give Billy Slater a bit of time, Cronk a bit of time to recover as well. So uh, the last Saturday game, we don't need to spend too long on this one. This is back to last year's waves. The Roosters fifty-six to four over the Parramatta Eels, and wow, how brutal it was, and how the the, the change of fortune so very quickly last week. Everyone was writing off the Roosters. Yeah, it's a form. And everyone was saying Parramatta going to make the eight, but. 60 to 40 of the ball, 1,700 metres to 1,000. They won the penalty count 11 to 5, 13 line breaks to 1, 34 missed tackles for Parramatta. Mm. So every aspect of the game, they were just absolutely blown uh, apart. Corey Norman said, we thought that Parramatta was gone, and obviously not. But, uh, you know, the, the concerning thing is how many points they leaked. Some of the tries were soft, were disgusting. Almost yeah, the second was one was disgusting. Really awful. Um, but the Roosters, they were they were back to their well, they, dominant best. They, they looked a little bit better than the week before. I still think they've got a lot of improvement left in oh, them. Definitely, but they need to get minutes, like we said, under their legs. They've all had a, a massive rest, so they're just going to build into things nicely. But Parramatta missed Pete's big time. Oh, huge. But all three facets were rolling again for the Roosters, which you didn't see the week before. The go forward was back. Uh, the halves looked solid. Maloney and Pierce were frustrated week one. They weren't this week. And uh, the backs, the backs all chipped in. Uh, Kenny Dow, brilliant. Minicello with a hat-trick. That Sheck switch up, what they do, and good ball to get him at there. The back worked out brilliant as well. Daniel Tupa, I think he's the most underrated. I know everyone knows he's a good player, but he doesn't get much credit in that back line. He's brilliant. He's a good player. And Mitchell Orbison, uh, I'm still... I know I know he's been there for a long time, but I was surprised last year when the Dragons come in with 50,000 more that he didn't move there to play first grade more often. I know he's loyal and... Uh, the sad thing is he's probably going to go back to the bench when Sonny Bill comes back, but I really would have liked to see him play in first grade yeah, 80 he, minutes yeah. every single week. He understands his role at the Roosters. I know, he's comfortable he, there. He's, he feels he's too loyal good. there. He's too good to be on the bench. Um, yeah, all right. Even, even, even the other play, You can easily throw him in origin and he handle it. Mitch I know, Orbison. but even the other week. Best line runner in the game, I think. When they play Frank Paul the other week, I'd play Orbison before him. It depends who you're playing him, you know. And even who, Guerra, who he's lining I've, up against, I've got what Guerra, your game plan is. I've got Guerra and Orbison over Frank Paul starting thirteen, but it seems, yeah, but do they, they start know. Frank Paul for ten minutes, do the bash and barge, and then throw one of those guys on. It's just who you're playing, what you're trying to achieve, yeah. what your game plan is. Well, the Roosters, we get a great game this weekend. This is more like how it used to be back in the day when they were both powerhouses. Uh, good start for the Broncos, two from two. They're at home. Uh, at Suncourt playing the Roosters, so that's a real test for them. We'll get to see the best. It used to be the Good Friday game. This it one. used to be a brilliant game. I'm this disappointed. One, powerhouses. Uh, disappointed. It's not on Good Friday anymore. But uh, as far as the Eels are concerned, it doesn't get any better. They go to play the Eagles away at Brookvale. Uh, Tim Manor, if he takes an early guilty plea, will be free to play for a dangerous contact charge. But Darcy Lussick will be missing at least four weeks if he takes the uh, the early guilty. Two plea. words for Parramatta: Good luck. Yeah, have fun with that one. But Sunday, this one we don't need to talk about too much either. The Titans at home after a sloppy win last week got absolutely dismantled by the Young Tigers, 42-12. to 12, And they were just awful as well. And the Tigers, we got a glimpse of the future and we saw the, the young kids run over the old men. Mm. Titans stunk. Uh, they were slow. Uh, they were tired. They were fatigued after like two or three minutes. They were awful. Bad. Worst performance I've ever seen it's from a Titan side since they've uh, come back into the competition, and they've had some they've had some sides on paper that have been a lot worse than the one that ran out on the weekend. And uh, there's some massive, massive questions that are going to be asked up there. And oh, massive. The alarm, uh, alarm bell isn't ringing already. It should be because the week before they were poor as well at Shark Park. They oh. uh, they got a win, but 
everything. Jesus, goes. they did. Uh, they did a lot to try and lose that they game. Were, they were diabolical in attack, which led to eighteen errors. They looked like they were slapping in defence. They missed forty-three tackles. The biggest thing, Cardi said, all, all preseason, they've all they've done is defence. Well, forty-three missed tackles says otherwise. It's the most of the round. That's that's more than the Eels. That shows the Eels put in even more of an effort than they did in contact. They got pumped. I think the Eels tried harder than the Titans. They did, massively. Just come up against a uh, better opposition. All these kids, like I said, I I don't know if it's this year, but next year you're going to see the best again. Tedesco, wow. I thought Farron and Asta were great in helping out Brooks this week. They had a bit of a roll on. Even He stood out. He got three try assists and set up a cracker, uh, scored a cracker of his own with him and Tedesco. And even the go forward, those three young Blokes dominated to power. Woods, Gavay, they really gave a, a run over to the Titans forwards. And Pat Richards on the wing. He got over 200 metres, the big man. Putted one uh, 70 on the fly on a drop out there and got himself a double. That's the biggest drop kick I've ever seen. He's, ever. A, he's a beast. But The old man reckons they're putting helium in the balls. Yeah, he says it every week and it's starting to annoy me because he keeps asking me the same question. <laughs> they're putting helium in the balls. They, they bloody might be. The balls are flying a mile. Well, I can only wrap two players from your team and oh, only one, really. Why would you bother? Albert Kelly. Again, people were laughing, saying they got smashed. But if you watched it, oh, Albert, good. Albert Kelly was brilliant. But he's just he's playing on his own right now, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, apparently, they're, sh- they're shopping Taylor around. They reckon he's off contract this year anyway. So how can you shop him around? He's he's off. They're just going to have to deal with it. I think for this year, they've let- got massive, massive roster problems. Just let him go. Massive roster. I don't problems. know why they're trying to get rid of him right now. You have got no one to replace him. With. There was that ten year plan they had in place to win their first title in, well, within ten years. It's not happening. It's going up the duff. I think. Well, I'd let Taylor go. I'd clear out uh, White. Bailey, Minicello, get on the market and uh, Cartwright if you guys don't make the the final flick. Before the season started, they said our expectation is to win the comp. Yeah, well, they're ridiculous. And I think Cartwright, like I said, it's time to go. There's a lot of old furniture there. It's jobs for the boys. It's money hand over fist. Seems too comfortable, too cosy. That place needs a shake-up, a massive shake-up. So uh, we'll leave that one behind. The Titans play Canberra away this week. Uh, this one tough. is a dangerous game. We I, do not have a good record down there. And Canberra are really looking to rebuild that. I thought they look good again. For, Mate, that, Canberra could so easily be two from two. So easily be two well, from two. At the moment, uh, I know we bashed them for the spoon, but I'd be giving you guys a spoon after the first two rounds from what oh, I'm saying. You've got to give someone the spoon. And I know Newcastle oh. lost too, but they've played some half two decent sides. So right now on a form, I know it's way too early, but on the form line of who you've played, the Sharks depleted and then a, a baby Tiger side. I don't think you guys are number 16 right now in the power rankings. I'd, I'd agree with that. Oh, well, I think, obviously, the Sharks are number 16, but they've got excuses oh, to be They've there. got excuses. When they get those players back, they won't be. Mm. It's uh, the Tigers at home to South, but it's at ANZ, so it's a home game for South. I'd like to think they're going to make this one competitive, but if South get fired up and bash them the forwards, I don't think there'll be too much of a no. game in this one, but this oh, is, I'd love uh, to see them. Big man v little man this one. Hopefully they give but a bit the, of a shake, but we'll have to wait and see. But uh, the last game on Sunday was the, the Newcastle-Canberra game. I thought this one was a great game. Uh, it was pretty exciting considering the circumstances, but Newcastle fell short 26-20. to 20. It was back and forth. It was 10 all at a half time. It was 22-20 late on and sealed uh, with those two late tries where Milford, who was just brilliant, set up Croker to give the ball to Vaughan, and then at the end there they had a scrappy last tackle play where they got it back to the left wing and had a man overlap where Edric Lee jumped over. So I, I thought it was a pretty good win by the, the Raiders. I thought this was uh, one of the most entertaining games of the the, uh, the oh, weekend. Definitely. It was um, it was a stinker. Well, there were two scratchy sides, but 
Um, the game was in the balance up until probably the last you know, three minutes, I think, mm. uh, when the Raiders got that late try. But Newcastle had the ball. They, they could have possibly gone 90 and, and scored a try. So yeah. uh, it was entertaining, I thought. Yeah, Anthony Milford, he worries me a little bit in yardage when he's bringing the ball out. I, he's I don't still think he's, 18, he's still a baby. Um, there's aspects of his game that are going to improve a lot more with but the more time he spends in first grade. For what they don't get in return, though. But just for the natural player in him, he's, he's very, very good. There's still a lot of things he does wrong. A lot of things he does wrong. And the scary thing is, and I made this comment watching the game, the scary thing is is how good is he going to be in four or five years' time well, if he stays injury-free? The scary thing is he set up three of their tries, so for all his flaws, he's still probably their best player. I'm not not disputing that point. <laughs> no. I'm not disputing that point at all. But what I'm saying is, yeah, is he's, that the, he's getting a hell of a lot wrong. Yeah, I know he's got a hell of a lot wrong, but their X factor is him. Take him out, they don't beat him. Yeah, clearly. Three tries. Clearly. But again, that's a roster problem. That's that's a management problem. Well, he's going anyway. So Brisbane are rubbing their hands together right now. They're potentially going to have him, Barber, if a half situation gets a bit better and those forwards keep chugging on. When you're throwing behind the forward pack, throwing behind the decent hooker half, he's going to be. Well, if they can fix the half situation, even without the half situation, I think they have two X factors in one team, like Barber, him. McCulloch and Origin forwards, he's going to have a whirlwind of a time next year. Mm. But uh, we'll have to wait and see how that works out in the future. But uh, Newcastle, they're definitely missing Mullen. There's a lot of responsibility on Roberts. Uh, I didn't think Minnow was too bad at fullback, but I think the biggest thing that's hurting him is nine. And I know people rate Gidley, but I don't rate well, we Gidley. Said that, we said this before the season started. I know, but he's not a... He's, he's not an on. He's, he's, not a, a, he, he's a plug. He's a great utility, but he's not an on. No. And their forward pack, uh, again, was pretty average. They need a, a revamp in there. They look similar to the Titans, just a little bit slow. Well, the only forward... Who, I mean, they were playing Canberra, who were slow and old as well. But yeah, but the only forward who impressed me was Bo Scott. I think his first two games have been pretty good, but even him, he's, yeah. he's coming closer to 30. He's not really going to be... Uh, great going forward, but Smith, Mason, all these blokes. Cuthbertson doesn't play enough minutes, even though he's probably a bit more uh, lighter on his feet than most of them. They're, they're lacking in a few carers, and I think they're going to keep struggling while their nine situation stays the way it is. Oh, you know what I don't get? I thought Minnow was good, but I thought Memo was due that opportunity. I think he could bring a bit of a spark that they kind of needed from the back, yeah. and they didn't give it to him, so... He was brilliant the week before in 20s at, at Penrith. Uh, I'm really hoping... Tall Penrith apart in the, in the other oh, 20s. Well, so. I'm fingers crossed right now. Minnow didn't do anything wrong, but if the opportunity came this week to play someone again, I'd throw him in. Mm. I'd give him the run. But uh, they're going to play Melbourne this week mm. down at Melbourne. They've got the long... Oh, they've, actually, they've got the short turnaround, really, for them. They, they've got a week, but they've played Monday to Monday. Yeah. Uh, Sunday to Monday, sorry. Uh, Melbourne get a nice turnaround all the way to Monday night from Saturday, so that'll be great for them. Billy Slater was strapped up both knees. Cronk fresh back, so they get plenty of rest. And um, oh, well, this is a big test for them. And uh, they could possibly be 0-3, which is not a great start. No. But uh, they've played some good sides early on, so I'm not too worried about them just yet. Canberra, at home to the Titans, you'd like to think they're going to chalk up two from three, and they could could have been three from three. Yeah. So this is a, this is a good opportunity for them to put a bit of a hurting uh, on your mob, unfortunately. But time will tell. The last game of the round, again... Just one that you don't really need to say too much about. The Bulldogs, 42-4 to over the Sharks. They were scoreless, 42-0, up until the dying seconds where a try went in and Reynolds blew up because he thought it was a forward pass. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. But uh, And I backed the under, 42.5. Yep, you got burned on With exactly, exactly that. What do you have to say about this one? There's nothing to say. Three international and New South Wales forwards not playing. No Todd Carney, no Jeff Robson, no Bo Ryan. Uh, six players from their starting side. Now Anthony Tupo, probably one of their better bench forwards. So you take seven out of their best 17. Mm. And they got beaten convincingly. I'm not reading anything into it, to be honest. 
Uh, I, didn't, I don't know what to say. I wasn't impressed by any of the Bulldogs, really, either, though. I thought they got a couple of scrappy tries. Their halves still go sideways. Hodkinson got three try assists and scored one and got man of the match, but even him, he's still going sideways. Mm. Uh, Pritchard, probably one of their better forwards. Tony Williams is still running like a girl. Cassiano's not there. Eastwood's not there. Those two are both injured all the time. If they're going to be clearing money out, they're the first two I'd be looking to clear out, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, unless Pritchard, who's off contracts, a bit older. If he's on a bit of money, I'd probably be moving him on and maybe keeping Cassiano and getting rid of Eastwood. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Pritchard, but Tom will tell how that situation works out. They need a fullback. Uh, I think... The inner situation, even though they're looking at Leisha, Reynolds was originally a nine. I don't see him as a six long-term. I'd put him at nine. Yeah. I think that role suits him. He's aggressive. He gets at a dummy half. Makes he sparks sense. it up. And that was what he played originally. Yeah, makes so sense. I think I'd push him there, get rid of Ennis. If they're looking at Leisha, all well and good. But I think 300's a bit over, even though I like him for that situation. And uh, I think they could do better, find someone to partner with Hodkinson. Hodkinson's pretty solid, but they need a genuine half. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they need a fullback. Yeah. So and Morris apparently you're going to be pouring and paying Morris six hundred thousand. I don't know where that's coming from. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Graham is the only one so far with the money they've spoken about that I think deserves the money he's going to be getting because mm. Graham's the heart and soul of that forward pack. And Dale Finucane and Josh Jackson. I don't know how much they got paid, but I'd be rubbing my head going, Jesus Christ. Mm. Think God, they'd be getting a little more love going forward. Yeah. Well, but uh, you know, oh, this game stunk. Oh, it was it awful. Was, yeah, but hard like, to watch. You know, really hard to watch. I'll give it. I'll I mean, give the one dogs, player. The dogs can only beat the solids in front of them. That's yeah. what they did. I'll give one player a rap, but again, it's hard to do it because they were under strength. Was Clemmer? I thought Clemmer played pretty good, mm. and uh, he's someone they need to see something out of because it was a bidding war for his services last year. After playing virtually no football and getting a knee injury, and he got big money. He got yeah. big money, so he needs to uh, step up and prove a point. Especially if they're going to clear the decks of one or two players, he's going to have to become more important in that rotation going forward. So. Yeah. Uh, sharks, you poor buggers. Uh, what are you supposed to say to the Sharks fans right now? It's horrible. Well, Flanagan, they've got excuses. Flanagan, oh, they've got massive excuses. Flanagan's done. Uh, you know, seven players out of the 17 gone. The roaring was on the wall, but... Everything just seems to be pointing that way. And this week they play their rivals, the St. George of the Laura Dragons, who you wouldn't uh, usually say are a great side, but they're starting to shape into a team that might be pushing for a spot now. I know they've probably had a weak run to start with, but if they keep going the way they are... Yeah, well, uh, points on know, the board is uh, the, the, what you need. This isn't going to be the usual Ramondas Stadium game, I think, where it's close and the Sharks give it to them. I think it might be going the opposite way this week, so it's not going to get any better. The Dogs get another good test. They're away to the Panthers, and I think the Penrith Panthers could uh, give them a touch up the forwards here. Mm. They're a bit slow and vulnerable. I think the the style of the football that the Panthers play and Mansour getting a dummy half, I think they could really pick on the middle of the Bulldogs. Well, this was the game. I looked at the Panthers' first four or five games, and I thought... I thought they beat Newcastle. I thought they'd struggle to win in Melbourne, but this was a game that I thought this is really going to define their season or the start of their season to see whether you know they're going to play top eight footy or not. Mm. Well, brilliant. I look forward to uh, looking at all these fixtures around three. But for now, to talk about round three, we're going to be joined by Andrew Brown, our representative from Sporting Bet. Uh, we're going to play our line game where me and Brock try to guess the lines of the fixtures coming up in round three. So let's see who comes out with a victory this week. We're one and one. 
and welcome back to Andrew Brown from SportingBet.com. How are you going, buddy? Yeah, very good. Thanks, uh, Brock. Um, hope you boys had a, a good week on the punt. I know you were both very keen on the Dragons with the nine-and-a-half-point start, so hopefully uh, you both... Uh, took advantage of that from last week. We did, yeah, we did. We also, I know I did my backside on um, Friday night. I backed both the Cowboys and South, but got me cabbage back with Sporting Bet because they both scored 12 points, so that was a, that was a good result. Yeah, well, I had a tight win of mine. I had Melbourne half-time, full-time into the Bulldogs. Uh, I got that in early on them when they were about $1.38, and obviously all those players pulled out, so that wasn't too bad. Oh, good stuff, and um, yeah, good with that um, that promotion from last week, guys, on the Friday night games. We're going to continue that again this week because um, it's proving pretty popular. So back uh, either side on Friday night, and if they score 12 points or more but lose the game, you get your money back. Yeah. Well, brilliant. Gave me some cabbage to punt, punt with on Saturday. I'll you, give you the tip. Would have got your cash back twice last week, so yeah. that's what the punters were. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. All right, well, we'll jump into it, mate. Um, the round kicks off, round three. It seems like it's season's flying away from us already, but the Tigers, they take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs at ANZ Stadium on Friday at 7.40. Um, I've got the South Sydney Rabbitohs as favourites by 10.5 points. Louis? Yeah, i got South uh, 8.5, but I feel like I'm wrong. Yeah, um, South, uh, quite heavy favourites here, actually. We've gone up uh, 13.5 points favourites for South. Well, eighteen, and uh, West Tigers are $5. I guess it's a, a West home game, but it's uh, South home ground, so uh, another advantage there for the Rabbitohs. Mm. All righty. Uh, the Broncos, they take on the Roosters up at Suncorp. That's on Friday as well, 8.40 New South Wales time. Uh, I've got the Roosters as favourites by five and a half. Yeah, I've got Roosters six and a half. Ooh. Yeah, you uh, bang on there, Brock. Uh, the Roosters five and a half point favourites, a dollar fifty three uh, with sporting that uh, the Broncos two dollars fifty, and arguably probably the match of the round. Yeah, it's a that was a tough line to predict, but um, I guess Suncorp's got to have some factor into that. I think if it was in Sydney, the line would be a little bit longer, but. Um, on Saturday at Sporting Bet Stadium, 4.30, the Panthers, they take on the Doggies. Um, I found this one difficult as well, especially after the, the Dogs' good performance last night. I've got the Panthers by favourites just by one and a half. Yeah, well, I've got the Panthers by three and a half. I wanted to give a little bit more, to be honest. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, the punters um, agree with you, Louis. So we've got, we actually went up four-point favourites, uh, the Panthers, but um, we've had some money for them, and already that line is four and a half. They're $1.58, the Bulldogs $2.40. Nice. All righty, the Sharks and the Dragons. That's at Ramonda, Saturday night, 7pm. Uh, another difficult one. It's hard to uh, draw a line through the Dragons' form. Um, also difficult with the Sharks' form, but obviously they're missing a, a heap of players. Um, I've gone the Dragons minus four and a half. Yeah, well, I was going to go a bit heavy, but purely because it's at the, the prison Ramonda Stadium, I <laughs> gave them uh, five and a half to the Dragons. Yeah, OK, so we actually went up three and a half, uh, the Dragons as favourites, but we've already had some money to that line, four points, so $1.62, Cronulla, $2.30. OK, nice. Right, the final game on Saturday night, the Cowboys versus New Zealand Warriors up at 1300 Smile Stadium. That kicks off at 9pm Sydney time. Um, yeah, I went the Cowboys minus four and a half, but I don't think I've gone, gone uh, enough. They didn't really impress me last week, but New Zealand have been... Mm, horrendous. Well, so. purely on the home game, but yeah, they didn't impress me. I went seven and a half, but I was thinking more around ten and a half, to be honest. Yeah, you're pretty much spot on uh, there, Louis. With the Cowboys, we've gone up as eight-point favourites 
Uh, at a dollar thirty-eight, uh, the Warriors uh, very disappointing last week, and they're three dollar ten outsiders up in Townsville uh, with the Heat. Alrighty, uh, the Manly Seagulls they take on the Parramatta Eels on the first Sunday afternoon game uh, at Brookvale Oval, three pm kickoff. I've gone the Eagles minus sixteen and a half, and I wanted to go more. Mm. Well, I went twelve and a half. I think it's going to be more, but that was just more sensible. I thought. Uh, you bang on, Louis. So Manly twelve and a half point favourites at a dollar twenty. Para four dollars sixty-five. I tend to get the feeling that they're going to win and win well. So maybe six and a half is more realistic. Mm. Alrighty, the other Sunday game, Sunday night game, the uh, Raiders and the Titans at GIO Stadium, six thirty p.m. kickoff. We've gone evens here. We've both gone five and a half to the Raiders. You guys are too good. Bang on. Five and a half. You should get a job at Sporting Bet doing our lines. Um, I'll, I'll take a job. I don't, I don't like my job. <laughs> uh, alrighty. So that leaves That leaves us bang dead even going into the last game, same as last it's week. So, piece. Um, and this one's tight. We've got uh, the Melbourne Storm up against the Newcastle Knights Monday night, Amy Park, 7pm. I've gone the Storm minus ten and a half. I've gone the Storm minus nine and a half, but I feel that I'm wrong. Oh. Louis, you are spot on. Nine and a half point favourite. The Melbourne Storm. He's flicked it again. Yeah. The Storm $1.30, the night $3.55. That uh, Monday night game is sporting that. Good game, fellas. Well played. Isn't that just brilliant? He's 2-1. I've started the the master. He's getting there. The apprentice. I can't believe the Paraline. I I can't believe the Paraline. It's it's still early days. They're not uh, not jumping out yet. 12 and a half. I'm feeling good. We should have, we should make him. He should have to back Parramatta with twelve and a half start. Twelve and a half. See how confident he is then. I'll send you my resume tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please get me in there. All right. And the, as you said at the start, the promo for this week is obviously the two Friday night games. If uh, you're on the loser and they score twelve points or more, you will get your money back. And uh, always remember, there's no better bet than a sporting bet. And uh, Andrew, thanks a lot again, mate. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Yeah, good as gold. Fellas, good luck to yourself and good luck to all the listeners if you're having a bet this weekend. Beautiful. No worries, mate. Thanks a lot. And a big thank you again to Andrew Brown for joining us from SportingBet.com. And always remember, there's no better bet than a sporting bet. But for now, uh, we've got a fan forum going on Facebook and NRL Gossip and Twitter. We're going to pick the best five questions that have been posed and uh, we're going to answer those questions for you in our fan forum. Alrighty, fan forum. We've decided to answer all the questions. So, Brock, uh, what have we got? Uh, Adam Morris, why does the home team have such a big advantage? So, for example, the Cowboys, Canberra, Warriors, to a lesser extent. Oh, well, travel is one thing. Isolation. Uh, it's your own home ground. You get to sleep in your own bed. It's an easy travel to the ground. There's a lot of things going to be listed. I know from playing in Canberra, it's a lot better than five minutes from the ground there where you rock up to the headquarters. It's only a kilometre down the road. Uh, it's comfortable, it's familiar, it's your weather. You're training it, you're living it, you're playing it. Whereas when you've got to go to Sydney, say from uh, Canberra, it's not as easy as everyone else. You're not within 10, 15 minutes. You're going to hop on a bus. It's a three and a half hour drive. Mm. 
and it's not your home ground, it's not comfortable, it's foreign. So. You've also got your home crowd there, you've got your family friends there, yeah. uh, you've got post-match functions and things that mm. come after the I, games. I, I think number one of all things... And the referees tend to favour the home team, whether you like it or not. I thought the biggest thing for me, I hated the bus ride, though. It's depending on those kind of spots. It's just so much better being able to roll five minutes around the corner. It's yeah, just it's, definitely. It's Natural. just home. Uh, Zach Scriber, why do you think refs seem to favour the bigger profile teams and high profile players? It just comes with having a profile, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people tend to th- seem to think that the Roosters or Melbourne or these kind of teams, Manly. I uh, thought the Roosters and Melbourne both got away with a lot on the weekend in their respective games. I don't know. That's a hard one to explain. You'd have to ask the referees that one. Um, well, it's everyone's got that perception that before the game started, Melbourne should beat the Panthers and the Roosters should beat the Eels. But the only way to change that is for the Panthers and the Eels to start winning more games. Oh, I think the Penrith are shaking that tag to an extent, but they were still massive underdogs down in Melbourne. Um, the Eels, they're expected to get pounded. And if you don't think the referees know that as well, you know, we, you're kidding yourself. Mm. Oh, yeah. So it's a hard one. Um, Corey Snuggles Low. Who are the dark horses for Origin this year? Across two rounds is a bit early to be uh, going off. To well, Tedesco, honest. we both sort of agree. But Tedesco, I think that if, if there's injuries, that's at probably fullback. the only one that's really in my head right now. If Dugan is struggling for fitness and they're going to play Hayne in the centres, which I think they should because Josh Morris is horrible mm. and that spot just goes to waste, I'd be more preferable to have Jennings and Hayne in the centres and give Tedesco the number one jersey. Yeah. That's probably the only one that's glaring to me right now. Uh, what about Will Hopawato? Will Hopawato, if he's playing well, I thought he played pretty well in considering the circumstances the other night. He was the only player to make a line break. He made two. I mean, when you look at who else is possibly playing the centres for New South Wales? 160 metres. He was the only player over 100 metres. Five tackle breaks. What about for Queensland? For Queensland. Andrew McCulloch, probably a bit of a boulder. He's putting some pressure on. Not really. Would you pick... I'd if pick McCulloch's in the... friend before him. What about Evans. what about Cherry Evans? Would you still pick Cherry Evans over? Easily, both of them. They're yeah. not even looking. If you're going to go and put him at nine, I'd rather have Nothing him changes for Queensland, as far as I'm concerned. But New South Wales, probably the only one I'm looking at is the fullback spot and Hop Wido, depending on how they go their back line. What about for some props for New South Wales? <laughs> Good luck. Fafita's got a jersey. Tarmel's got a jersey. They, you still pick Tarmel? They both played for Australia. Mm. I think they're shoo-ins. There's not really anyone else putting pressure on them. Aaron Woods, I think, is playing good at club footy Back again. Back row, I mean, we've got Gallon out, we've Boy got Lewis Cordner. under. Boy yeah, obviously Cordner will go in. You think Hoffman will well, retain a spot? Well, guys are playing, are out. Yeah, Hoffman will probably get a spot back. Watmau will have a spot. That's pretty much uh, the norm. I think Dale Finucane and Fensum are two guys I'd like to see play Origin, whether they're ready or not. I thought Fensum more than knocked the door down a couple of years ago, but right now it's probably not. Uh, he looks thin, Fensum. Yeah, well, they took eight kilos off him. Their preseason was brutal. I wouldn't say he's ready for it now. For Nukin and Jackson, I would have been begging on the door a little bit more the last two years, but I think Jackson slipped away. But I think for Nukin's looking pretty good, though. All right, Chris McAuliffe, do you agree with Dave Taylor's comments that the game is becoming too fast-paced for guys of his size? No, I think Dave Taylor should lose some weight, actually do some fitness, and make uh, you know play for the money he's getting paid. And stop being so lazy. Uh, Chris also asks: Is the front row forward looking to be more mobile, or to be a more mobile forward position in the modern game? Well, yeah, you obviously. have to be. Um, Look at James I know Tarmel. for me, even coaching at, at different times, I'll throw a, I'll throw two locks on and one front rower just because I want to play more mobile. It just means that you've got to pack a back rower into the scrum. Well, look at the, it means nothing. Look at all the best front rowers. James Graham plays big minutes, can ball play, has footwork. Jared mm. Rehargos plays 60 minutes, has footwork, has a pass. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Fafita, top try scorer last year, can play almost a full game. 
as both feet and is the fastest at their club over 40 metres. That's what I mean. You've got to, you've got to ask yourself how Aaron many front Woods. rowers could play in the back row. Aaron, Woods can, play, could. Aaron Woods can play a full game if you had to. All right, Chris Crow, who do you think is more valuable out of James Graham and Andrew Fafita? Well, I think uh, as far as money was concerned, I think that was part of his question as well, wasn't it? For the money they're getting paid, yeah. uh, he said Graham's on half. Well, that's not true. Graham has got an upgrade of $700,000 a year. So he's on $2.8 million. Fafita's on $3 million. He's probably a little more proven, yes, I'll give you that. But Graham usually plays 50 minutes. Uh, he's a little more ball player. Doesn't make anywhere near as many metres. Plenty of tackling. But Fafita on $3 million. I'm not disappointed about that if I was Graham. Who would I rather on my roster? He's younger. Um, I'd rather Graham. I'd rather Fafita. Fafita's more minutes, scores tries, two footwork, and he's got a higher ceiling as far as age is concerned. Uh, George Kehagasis. Or Kehagas. Sorry, uh, mate. <laughs> Should ANZ only be used for special occasions? ANZ Stadium, I'm, I'm gathering, he is well, uh, talking about. I listen to the Dead Set Legends every Saturday and they pretty much pulled my heartstrings when we were talking about it. Why should people from Penrith have to go to ANZ to watch uh, a game between the Bulldogs? Why should people the other week for the game between the Tigers and the Dragons not be able to go to Oakey Jubilee or win or go when to When do Penrith fans have to go to... No, they're just saying in general, though, they want to take all the games in the future to Allianz and ANZ Stadium. That's the argument. And I, they're saying it's going to be a travesty. What about people with Penrith? They're not going to travel to go watch that game. The, the game, the, the Panthers will never leave Penrith. Exactly, but they, if the NRL says all the games are going to be these two they're talking about venues. more the Sydney teams, inner Sydney Oh, they teams. were talking about everybody. They want to do what the AFL do and pretty much use Eddie Had and the MCG. Well, Geelong, Geelong's the same as Penrith in the AFL, and they, they still play at their own stadium. Yeah, well, I think they're talking more about the inner city teams playing out well, of the same stadium. I still think stadiums. that's ridiculous because the Rabbitohs Roosters game should have well, been. Well, it's not ridiculous if the infrastructure's there and it's easy to get there. No one wants to go, though. Yeah. They want to well, watch they don't because it's, it's crap watching it's it where it is. They're home ground. They don't want to travel. And the same as a Manly fan the other night said about one of the games where the traffic to get to watch a game was an hour and a half. So why are they going to go? They want to go to Brookvale. Mm. I want to go to... If I'm going to go to a game down here as well, if I was a Penrith fan, I want to go to Penrith too. Well, the only two teams I can understand playing out of Ainsley Stadium are the Dogs and the Tigers. The only two I can understand are South and the Dogs. I reckon the Tigers should still play I don't think South like should play at ANZ. I think South should be playing out of Allianz. I know there's more monetary stuff in it. I think the Roosters and South should be playing out of um, Allianz Stadium. No, I'm more Dogs and South. The rest of them, I think, should but be playing If you're a South fan, you've got to travel 45 minutes to go and watch your team play. Well, it's the same argument you're making on the reverse with Penrith. Yeah, but they don't really have a ground there. Allianz is the Roosters' ground. How is it the Roosters? They game? should do... Uh, the, Allianz, the Roosters and South shared Allianz for years. Mm, well, they can do that if they want, but they seem to be the first ones that jumped in. It'd on... be like saying Penrith um, has to travel to Parramatta Stadium to play their home games. No, well, I'm just saying. It's stupid. I, I just don't get it. They were, the, they were the first ones to really chalk up that deal with ANZ in a couple well, of teams Well, it was cash, suit. and that was when they were cash-strapped. But mm. I just think at the moment, once that contract ends, if they re-sign with ANZ, I'd be very surprised. Well, I'd love to see them do to Redfern what the Bulldogs have done to Belmore, try and revamp those grounds, get their facilities in there and try and get them back to a point where they could probably play them. I'd mm. rather it be like that. It's probably not going to happen. All right, Darren Shishiska. Uh, why did the Warriors uh, look so good against the Bronx um, and have played so bad in the first two rounds? Because it's trials and simple. They've completely played a different brand of football uh, in their two NRL games compared to the trials. And the trials they were doing... What suits them to a T, they were getting go for it. They were making space for Sean Johnson to spread it to the edge. Uh, they're both great support players. Him and Chad Johnson, they were feeding off that and they were giving space to Tompkins, who's still got to learn the NRL better. But Chad they, Townsend. Oh, Chad Tompkins, Sam Tompkins, Townsend, whatever. <laughs> they're all the bloody same. 
But uh, those three in particular in those games, they were rolling forward and giving space to those three to run wild and feed the pill, and that's just not happening. I think it's way too overstructured. I don't think they're enjoying it. Uh, they're passing way too much, and the only bloke who seems to be having any kind of impact is Ben Madalino. Mm. They need to simplify it, get back to basics, and they'll win games. But at the moment, it's just way too overstructured for their, their strengths. Well, I'd also like to mention that the Broncos clearly aren't playing the same type of football they were playing no, in the trial game compared to what they are now. So They were heartless. The trolls, you just get no form one out of them. So just put a pen through them and, and don't read yeah, anything into at, them at the start the of the year. I know it's hard, but... Yeah, never look at um, the trolls. Look at the Dragons. Judge, Dragons round got one. dusted by South. They're two from two. Judge round one based on round one. Um, George Diggler, can any team win the comp with... Uh, without a seven or a six, no. uh, the Bulldogs went close, but Melbourne showed that it can't be done. No, I mean last year you had Pierce and Maloney, um, Foran and Cherry Evans in the grand final. You, you roll it back. State of origin halves and international halves. You'd, you'd have to have uh, an international hooker and international fullback, I'd say, to not have halves. Well, let's um, do the rewind. They won that comp uh, the year before, twenty twelve. Obviously Melbourne, they win that comp. They got. The spine, they got the halves. Year before that, Manly, they had Manly the halves, the, the fullback, the spine, the hooker. Before that, the Melbourne cheated titles, obviously the same spine. Manly was the other team contesting it. Mm-hmm. There's a pattern there. The only team I could think of that didn't really have great... Well, there is a pattern there, and it's defence. Like the best defensive side. also they had players in the key positions. Defensive, uh, defence will get you a long way. And the, the Bulldogs, defence got the Bulldogs to the grand final in... Um, the only team who broke that pattern was Parramatta. They didn't really have a... Who were their halves that year? They had Daniel, Daniel Mortimer Daniel and Jeff Mortimer. Robson. They were a bit of a ragtag pair, but they were playing loose, offloading football, and they had a decent one in nine. Yeah, but they had... Uh, Jared Honey won the Daly M, similar to uh, yeah. Canterbury had and Ben Kingston Barber, who was won the invaluable Daly M. at nine, and they played ridiculously uh, free flying football. Mm. So they're probably well, they just ran hot. They're probably the only one I think out of the last you know eight or nine years that didn't have dominant halves going into a grand final. Mm. But uh, that wraps up the fan forum. Thanks a lot for your questions. We'll uh, chuck in another one of those up every couple of weeks, like we usually do. So probably three weeks time from now. Uh, if you've got anything from the Fast Five, we'll probably post them up on the page, see who you like this round, any questions you'd like to pose uh, going forward. But for now, we'll move on to Mr. Gossip. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. Mr. Gossip here is back, and things are starting to simmer a little bit, my friend. It's only two rounds in, but, uh, you know, the whispers, they're, they're beginning. Yeah, absolutely. It um, usually takes a couple of rounds to sort of kick in with all the signings, but, um, yeah, they've sort of rushed into it uh, this year, which is good for us anyway. Yeah, brilliant. Love a bit of uh, love a bit of drama, love a bit of banner behind the back, love a bit of cash being thrown around. What do you got for us? <laughs> Yeah, they got a printing press. There's something going on. I wouldn't mind uh, a couple of hundred dollar bills off it. That's for sure. Cross. Sold a few netball courts. <laughs> oh, I went to the wrong club. Yeah, exactly. They're selling concrete junglers or something. They got they got a car park in the city or something. They get money out of this. They don't. Uh, the Bulldogs don't want to buy Dave Taylor. 
No, well, that's still had her on, in the, on my list about big old Dave Taylor. Oh, absolutely brilliant. Well, I'm with you. I think Brett Brock's with you. Graham got a massive upgrade. Fafita just got paid. Uh, they had to upgrade Finucane and Jackson last year. Cassiano got a mint. Uh, you can't expect that Inu... Parrot uh, are on small money. Both their halves. Oh, Josh Reynolds got a huge upgrade. Tony Williams is on big cash. Like Christ, Tolman got re-signed. Where's all the money coming from? Yeah, exactly. I know Sam Cassiano uh, appears to be on the outer there, but I mean, I don't know how much money that'll free up for him. Well, he's on the outer because he's injured. Well, if he comes back and carves yeah. it up, he won't be on the outer. He barely plays minutes. Though. When he's there, he'd be the first one I'd be getting rid of too. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit of a goose off the field too, though. Yeah, yeah, true. What else you got for us, champion? Ah, well, here we go, Louis. The news just keeps getting better for Storm fans. Jesse Romich, four more years for the Storm. Uh, Slade Griffin and Cameron Munster also staying put. But, look, massive news for the Storm. Jesse Romich, probably their best player on the weekend against the Panthers. Mm, uh, looks great news, four more years. I think you got a yacht as well. Yeah, good. <laughs> you can whinge, bloody <laughs> Panthers and Titans supporter. You, you'll have four more jerseys while you're going. Splitting your allegiances. Stay loyal. I'm not splitting my allegiances. Yeah, you are. You're splitting everywhere. Uh, Mate, I don't care what they gave me. If we're getting away with it, good on you, Melbourne. Yeah, Bromwich was their best player on the weekend. You nailed it. Um, a massive signing for them. He's been uh, developing for years, so it's it's nice to see him keep a hold of him. Mate, I'm loving it. I looked at it the other day, the 2009 grand final winning side. 11 of them have played first grade. Nine are currently playing first grade, and six of them are still at Melbourne. So, brilliant. Yeah. Emails, boys from Warriors fans telling me that they have inside word that BJ like level head over there, but my sources suggest uh, the complete opposite that BJ will stay a night. I mean, you got to think about it, boys. Would you want to play under Matt Elliott? No. Well, unless they know that he's going to get the punt, that might be. Yeah, well. Yeah, well, would you want to play under Sean Wayne? I wouldn't. Wigan Thuggery, it's not happening. Yeah. Oh, it's a big, it's a big move anyway. Like it's an international move, like going over to New Zealand. So. Yeah. Um, it's different to moving down the road. Unless, unless he's getting, like, Steve Price money back in the day in current form, I wouldn't be going well, over, exactly. over the Dutch. Exactly. You'd go over there for a massive pay rise, for sure. But um, if it's just for, for the sake of 50 to 100K, I mean, you you wouldn't bother, would you? Yeah. Up and relocate and family and you're having to do all that. So. Yeah, this is true, boys. But, boys, before you touched on Big Dave Taylor, I can tell you the Titans are trying to shop him around. But, look, not many NRL teams are biting, so we might see Big Dave Taylor head overseas to the UK Super League. Uh, we, know, <laughs> we, we know he's heavy maintenance. So, I mean, what, what NRL club really uh, could take him on or could afford him? Well, he is heavy maintenance. He's closed down a few KFCs in his time old Dave. Every time he's south, <laughs> you know, they had, they had the Redfern epidemic. No one could get chicken for their family and... He went up to the Gold Coast and they've closed down a couple of shopping malls after Dave's been on the all you can eat. Brisbane shipped him out because they couldn't keep up with the demand of food. He's like a production line, they reckon. So uh, I don't know how the UK's going to handle him. they got some ranked meat, though, so they might be able to handle him. Might, might make him lose a few pounds. We get it, we got all the giants in and now we're getting rid of all the giants. Yeah, land uh, of the giants is getting slow. It's getting older. It's, you guys are the pensioners. Yeah. I don't know. I think the coach is the biggest giant that's got to go. Would you want him at Penrith champion? Gossip, would you do, yeah. do it Dave Taylor at the foot of the mountains? <laughs> I'll take him at Melbourne, but if he takes minimum wage and drops 10 kilos, he can come. The Titans should have package deal with him, Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> should have sticky taped them together, yeah. traded for bloody Tim Grant and Brad Tyler. They should have just took everyone. Massive. <laughs> massive, <laughs> massive issues. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't, I don't think anyone's shocked about that. Dave Taylor, I wouldn't sign him. 
No, I don't think so. We'll, we'll monitor that one, boys. But staying on big units, James Graham, the big lad. Four more years of the Bulldogs. Uh, Bulldog fans quite happy. He's quite a popular young lad out of Belmore. So happy days for Bulldog fans. Makes sense. I think he fits into the way they play. Uh, he does has a loves him. Um, He's good, apart from when he bit Billy Slater's ear off or attempted to. That's probably the only sort of cross on his resume, but other than that, he's been great. Yeah, pale grub. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. David Gillespie back in the Bulldog days, cement, you know, just a real tough nut. Uh, He's a good egg, and I'll tell you what, I've just got to throw it out there on the theme. I'm loving all the front rowers getting paid. This is brilliant. Wayne, Wayne, Bennett, Wayne Bennett will be filthy. There's going to be a big. There's going to be a bunch of front rowers right now at some swank store getting brand new suits made up and rolling around in like big trucks. This is awesome. Front rowers getting paid. Brilliant. Uh, I think Mark O'Malley's even had a sniff. He's come over from the UK for a while or something. The bush footy. But he can smell the cash. <laughs> no wonder. Even the, even the minimum wage is better than what was going on back in the day. No wonder he's smelling the cash. He scored a meat pie on the weekend, O'Malley. <laughs> well, the melon like that, how could you stop him close to the line? Pain per try, then. Why are we still rubbing Denga rug on his head? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you wouldn't want to get near that head. I remember an origin fight and someone punched him and it was skidding off the dome and I thought, he's vasting that up something fierce. Apparently, it's not the only place he rubs Denga rub either. Brill. <laughs> <laughs> gets him going off the kickoff. That's what gets the feet moving. <laughs> oh, jeez. Eyes are watering. Right, right on the wheels. <laughs> right on the wheels. <laughs> who is that? Is that Chad Graham or whatever his name was? Chad Graham, Will Graham. Oh, mate. On the wheels. Who are you talking about? Mate, Titans player. You should know. He grabbed me on the wheels, sir. <laughs> Josh Graham. Josh Graham. Brilliant. He was at Melbourne for about two games. We sacked him. Brilliant. Titans boy. Anything else, champion? Yeah, mate, we're getting a lot of emails from Broncos fans, obviously a few papers over the week saying that uh, Daily Cherry Evans might be heading up there, but my mail is he'll stay at Manly, uh, which means Glenn Stewart is out, so he'll be looking for a club. Well, that was my other one. I was going to say, how are Manly keeping everyone on board? They got Cherry Evans getting an upgrade. They've upgraded a couple of players last year. I know they've you know brought in some fringe players to kind of plug the gaps, but uh, Buren needs money. Uh, you know, Cherry Evans is going to be taking up some money. Glenn Stewart, they're trying to keep Glenn Stewart. They're trying to keep a lot in house, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah. someone's got to leave. Yeah, it'd be massive, massive, massive news if Cherry uh, Evans went to Brisbane, but I'd be really, really surprised to see him walk out of there. I mean, he's got uh, he's got a really strong spine where he is. Um, he's obviously pretty happy. I just look at down him here. They gave him the opportunity. I mean, he was up in uh, Queensland playing footy, and Brisbane could have had him, but. Merely the, were the ones that brought him into grade. They they moved Trent Hawkinson on to, to get him in. So I think he owes Merely a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I know he likes working with Joey Johns as well. So yeah. that would have to speak if he went to prison. Yeah, I'm sure Joey's given some third party stuff in there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, last one I got for the night, boys. We touched on it uh, last week. That's Big Timmy Grant from Penrith. I did say that Manly were interested. They still are interested, boys. But we've got another another club that's come to the party, and that's the Raiders. I'm hearing uh, Sticky is very keen to have Grant uh, down the ACT next year, and it's not next year, even this year. So wow. watch this space, boys. So, yeah, uh, Timmy Grant is definitely going to be on the move. Um, look, the most logical move uh, everyone's sort of putting two and two together, and that would be for Timmy Grant to go to the Sharks. Um, obviously, Luke Lewis, Wade Graham, and every other ex-Panther there. 
Panthers. Um, of course, he's got contacts there, but um, look, the Raiders is a, the big mover at the moment. So the old Cronulla Panther, t- the Panther Tigers, all together, <laughs> got it mixed yeah, in. Yeah, just quite crazy. Interesting if he uh, he went there this year. Well, I was going to say I'm probably. I know the Sharks need a front row, but I reckon Canberra probably need him even more because you look at it, they've got Lars uh, White and Tilsoff contract. Lars has barely played football for three years, so he'd be on the absolute minimum if he stayed. Tils, you know, he tries hard, but he's not great. White's definitely retiring. They've got Shillington for another year who's getting paid well overs. Mm. Uh, and they've got Mataora and Nichols. Nichols has been in once, got injured, went out. Mataora's been in and out three or four times. So the only genuine... What about Boydie? Front rower. Well, there's Boydie and there's Vaughan at the moment. Mm. And they've both got a, a deal for another year. So if I'm them, I think they need a front rower that's a bit younger, who's got some time left in the tooth. So Yeah. Well, I think, I think um, yeah. Stuart loved Tim Grant when he coached him at Origin. Yeah, because you know Petro over when he was 30, <laughs> 30 well, well, probably forty-eight years old. Yeah, really, no, just yeah. I think they get along, and um, it, it probably makes sense. I mean, if Penrith want to move him on, then he, you know they're going to look at whatever opportunity they can uh, well, get to do so. So, as uh, as you informed us before, champion, he's still on that heavily back-ended deal as well. So, if that's the case, I don't blame Penrith for moving him on. They'll just do the same again, reinvest the money into a couple of players. They've got Regan Campbell Gillard to fill that hole if they lose a front rower. So, yeah. I, I don't blame them. I got a lot of angry emails from Panther fans saying, why would they do it? It's not that they want to get rid of Timmy Grant, it's not that they don't like the seller. It's just, you know, whoever done the deal before the current manager come in just completely stops it, so they've got to fix it. You know, that's the question I just want to pass on the letter of the players, you know? Yeah, it's, Smart called, management. it's called the Matt Elliott effect. It's still there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, Someone else said that. You, him, but <laughs> you said that, not I happily say it. It's the Matt Elliott effect. He had a couple of those contracts that were heavily back-ended where the money was going up to the point where they were looking at only being able to fit 15 under their maximum 25. So He doesn't care. He's not there. You know, well, he's not there now. But he was going to have to deal with it at some point if he did magically keep his job. Yeah. So, all done and dusted. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, mate. You're all good? That's it, mate. All right, here we go. The tips. Brock's on eight. He uh, only had three last week. I only had three, but I'm on six. And, uh, you jagged one back. You got four, so you're on seven. So typical. I'm, I'm, I'm already running last. So. Here he goes. Despo right. tips. No, nah, no Despo He's got... <laughs> we've removed all the rope from uh, within him, uh, near him, yeah, in I'm, his room. I'm definitely going Despo. I'm tipping power of the Titans. It's all happening this week, but oh, no. Tops. Round That's... two and he's already playing catch-up. Yeah, yeah he's, got the, he's got the rope out. I'm whipping, I'm whipping the horse. It's dying. It's dying. Uh, we kick off on Friday night at ANZ Stadium. It's the Tigers versus the South of Sydney Rabbitohs. Brock. South. Yeah, nothing else needs to be said, does it? Uh, I'm going South yeah, as back well. Back I'd absolutely love to see the Tigers roll them, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> you would too. Yeah, you got to go to the Bunnies. They've had the full week to recover. They played last Friday. Tigers are coming off a... Oh, not really a short turnaround, but they've had a couple of days... Uh, less rest, I guess, and all the turmoil of tonight at the at the Balmain Leeds Club. So, yeah, well, it's forty eight yeah. hours. Forty eight hours more recovery. That's that's big in the modern game. Yeah, yeah two days. Absolutely. Two days is your pool, your recovery, your rehydration, and then uh, your offset soreness. So they'd definitely be feeling uh, a lot better this season. Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah, big time, big time. Uh, second Friday night game. This is probably the one I'm looking forward to most of the round. It's the Broncos at Suncourt Stadium against the Roosters. They're two from two. They've been very tough in defence. The Roosters are going to throw a lot more at them than the first two teams they played. So in saying that, the Roosters looked very angry last week. Back to their mm. fine form. I'm going to have to go with them. I think they'll bash the Broncos. I think it's to give us a good form line for both sides. Um, are Brisbane top eight material? Um, are the Roosters back to their best? Uh, you 
just took the words right out of my mouth. The, um, I think the Roosters will throw a lot more at Brisbane. Um, I think defensively, Brisbane have been good. Uh, but, you know, offensively, I don't know whether they're going to post many points or enough to beat the Roosters. So I'll go the Chookies. Yeah, I'll go to the as well. I'll just nugget him in the house. Yeah. Simple as that, mate. Benny Hunt, fix up that kicking game, son. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> advice, advice from the coach. <laughs> fix it up. Fix it up. <laughs> mate, he's got Darren Lockyer, Alfie. He's got a lot of help. Find the grass, son. Yeah. Find the grass. Yeah. He'll, be, he'll be grubbing before you know it. <laughs> yeah. hey, look, I found the grass. On the turf. <laughs> that, one, that, one, that one counts in the statistics, sheet. That's an effective kick. Uh, all right, Saturday starts off with uh, your two favourites. Here you go. The Penny Panthers at Sporting Bet Stadium versus the Bulldogs. Uh, the land of the Giants rocks up to Penrith to mm. play. Uh, this one for me, I've got the Panthers. 4.30 game, dry conditions. The Dogs play boring football. They try and do everything for their forwards, and they've got a discount back line, and mm. their halves run sideways. So... I don't think I could hit him up anymore. Uh, I think the Penrith have got a lot of variation, points of difference, uh, but I don't know why they brought Saud back. Bring John back. I'm going to go pick it outside the game. Bring John back. <laughs> I think if uh, Penrith complete, hold the footy, they'll win. Simple. Yeah. Give, give the dogs the ball, you're going to be in a bit of strife, I think. It was interesting to see uh, Desi Hasler uh, yesterday come out and say the Panthers are the form team of the conference. Desi's usual Under the radar. For a, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> flying under the radar. But look, I'm, I'm, I, I can't wait for this game, boys. I'm looking forward to the Plum versus Tolman hit. Um, <laughs> um, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't, I'm salivating just thinking about Plum snapping Tolman in half. You really um, are, too. Put your shirt back on, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm touching my nipples. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's got a nipple yeah, ring, too, ladies and gentlemen. Boys, I reckon they'll, they'll um, pick this strong crop. Well, I'm going to throw it out there. Tony Williams, if you're listening, run at Nigel Plum. <laughs> I did say he's not listening. <laughs> run at run <laughs> run Nigel Plum. I'll get him on Twitter. Run, run at Nigel Plum. Run at Nigel Plum. I'll Twitter at yeah. Nigel Plum too. You find T-Rex. Mm. Find his ribs. Yeah. All righty then. Plum and Docker. That's right. Both of you get onto him. Second game on Saturday, 1300 Smile Stadium. The mob that kept JT up there with free dental work for the rest of his life. Tops. The Cowboys <laughs> versus the Warriors. <laughs> Uh, flip a coin, I reckon. The Cowboys already let me down last week. They're like the pretty girl at high school that always breaks your heart. Every time <laughs> Every time you think they're doing good, just like the Warriors, they just give you the cold shoulder. I'm going to go the Cowboys purely because it's up there. It's hot and the Warriors don't like it. Cowboys. Mm. Easy. Yeah, you're the Warriors. Going to get the yeah. And I'm waiting for Matty to hang himself with a tie again. I'm looking forward to it. Oh. It's going to be brilliant. Uh, the last game, and uh, I'm looking forward to this one as well, purely because it's usually a prison game. At Ramondas, it's the Sharks versus the Dragons. There's going to be no Fafita, Gallant or Lewis, possibly Carney, but uh, the way the Dragons have been playing, I could see this one getting a little ugly, I think. Mm, if Carney comes back, different game, but um, not with those three forwards out I think there. the Dragons will win. This is also, also a charity bet for the week. Mm. We've, gone the, uh, we've gone the Raiders minus four. Well, Raiders. Ah, oh, sorry. The, the dragon is more Jesus Christ. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Concussion. Get me checked. Yeah. <laughs> Boys, it goes to show how much I bloody know. I tip the dragon to finish with a spoon and on top of the table after two rounds. So what would I bloody know? Don't worry, mate. Um, <laughs> Steve Price knows <laughs> how to crash a Ferrari. Don't don't get too hot yet. <laughs> the dragon, they, they look the goods, mate. They're, they're playing well at the moment. And I think they'll be too strong for the Sharks. But I, I'm hearing County will, will play, so... Yeah, well, this one we don't really need to do too much. Sunday, Brookvale, Manly, Eels. All right, Manly. Manly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to watch it, I will. Oh, be cool. I'll watch it for the brutality. I like saying virtually, you know, that NRL standard versus New South Wales Cup slash Bundy. It's good. God, we've yeah, just firebombed the Eels. Yeah, firebomb. 
one week in. Uh, All right, back to reality. GIO Stadium, the Canberra Raiders go home to verse the Titans, who were absolutely diabolical last week. Sean Fensom uh, suspended for a week. Josh Papali out. I think that brings it back to be somewhat even. But what the Titans dished up, I'm still going to go the Raiders. Bounce back factor. The Titans. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, they were poo. They, they can't. They can't get any worse. They were terrible. Um, I don't really rate Canberra. I know Canberra sort of. They uh, almost fluked the win over the Cowboys. I'll change what I said. Um, I'm not tipping Canberra. I'm tipping Milford. Yeah, because he set up all their points. I just think the Titans will bounce back. Yeah. Well, it depends on Caesar. I'm hearing he's sort of fifty-fifty with who plays or not. So, Brill. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I'm, look, I'm sure he'll play, but he's, he's not 100%. Um, I'm going to go the Raiders. Tops. All right, that's the first game that's a different one. Thank God we've got something. I had to. I had to just shake it up a little. Yeah, I was going to say, it's very, it's very boring. <laughs> it's very boring otherwise. But uh, last game of the round, Monday night, down at Amy Park, the Melbourne Storm versus the Newcastle Knights. Uh, prodigiously fast starters. Do we see Melbourne being three from three, Brock? Yes. That's all you've got to say. They'll win. Brilliant. They'll win. Uh, Newcastle just without troops. They're without... Lacking direction, they're lacking speed out of dummy half, they're lacking quality service out of dummy half. Tyron Roberts can't do it all on his own. No Darius Boyd to help him out. The forwards look slow. Uh, Melbourne look really good. They weathered the storm from Penrith last week, and I think uh, that would have played them into a little bit of... Yeah, I thought Penrith um, delivered a lot more than what Manly did. Mm. Um, but, uh, they were lucky to win last week, the storm, and I think they... They'll take a lot out of that game and they'll be ready. Well, Gossip, you got the Magic Monday tips. This is usually your one to flip it on its head. Yeah, no, I, oh, I can't. Well, I've been just, I'm looking forward to seeing the Newcastle Herald front page and that's Wayne Bennett numb from three to start the season. Um, <laughs> Are you coming to pick it with me at Newcastle? <laughs> <laughs> we want Wayne out. We're paying yeah, a million. Where's no, the trophy? Yeah, Newcastle they quick to turn on each other there, but um, yeah. yeah, well, terrible season so far for the night. I think it's going to get any better in time soon. They're quick to turn on, it, on each other in many ways, I mean. <laughs> 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 that's, that's, that's a bit Oh, dear. Yeah, well, I'm going the Storm. I'm with Brock. Uh, probably my biggest issue is mainly coming out of nine. Gidley's a great utility player, but he's not really great uh, at many positions as far as, you know, getting it down to a tee. He's not a specialist. No, nah, but he's slow at a dummy half. They're not looking good. The forwards are a bit slow. The only time they ever seem to look dangerous is when they go that left edge with Leilua, to be honest. He's the only one who seems to break tackles or open anything up. And he's a grub. So, he's not, and he's not getting any younger. He's held together with um, masking tape, the poor kid. Yeah, old Kurt Gidley. Kurt Gidley's strapped up to every pillar to post. But uh, until Mullen comes back and helps out Roberts and still Boyd's at the back, uh, they're really lacking some cohesion, so it's very basic football at the moment, and I don't see it overcoming Melbourne at Amy Park, and they get a nice turnaround after two wars, so uh, you'd think that arc up and look to keep building points early on the season. But uh, that pretty much wraps us up. There's only one different one this week. Brock on the Titans, me and you on the Raiders. Besides that, it's boring. There's nothing going to happen, so one point of difference. Yeah, on the green, on the green. All right, mate. Well, things are starting to simmer a little bit. There was a little on the pipe this week. Hopefully, we get a little bit more next week. Yeah, fantastic. Enjoy the footy, boys. No worries, mate. See you, buddy.
A big thanks to Mr. Gossip, and that brings us to the end of another episode of the fifth and last NRL World podcast. So if you want to get in contact with us on Twitter, it's at fifth and last. That's the letter N, not the word and. The email is fifth and last podcast at hotmail.com. And on Facebook, head up to the search bar and type in fifth and last NRL World podcast. As always, a big thanks to sportingbet.com, the sponsor of the show. Remember, there's no better bet than a sporting bet. Their Friday night promotion this week, same as last week, both games were refunded. If your team scores 12 points but loses, you get your money back. So that's an absolute cracker of a deal. Get onto the website and have a crack on the Friday night games. But for now, guys, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.